0: The Experts podcast is powered by MediaStable.
1: Well hello hello everyone welcome to the Experts podcast. Oh, just a little bit of a premature chat there, Lana. <laughs> just, just too
0: excited. The Nick.
1: microphone wasn't completely
0: in position.
1: <laughs> this is the amateurish activity that goes on well, it's sometimes It's Friday, here. isn't it? It is Friday, but yeah. it's when when people are listening it's Tuesday.
0: Well, it's that's Wednesday. True. It's Thursday. it's whenever they want <laughs>
1: to listen. But uh, we've got a great little expert in the Experts podcast here we today. We do, we do. It's all thing China. China yes. Chinese we're seeing a lot of that in the media at the moment and certainly uh, obviously with uh, with business and uh, and what's going on with covid and the yep. pandemic etc but this is a little bit of a different tact here we're going to talk to a negotiation expert we're going to talk to someone who's been there done this and actually does it every single day her name is leonie McEwen. she's an author she's a speaker and she's all things chinese how are you leonie uh, very
2: well, thank you, Nick. How's yourself?
1: Oh, going well, going well. I, I'm not sure what the um, the correct, uh, how do we uh, say hello to someone in Chinese? Uh, ni hao. Ni hao. Ni
0: hao. Oh, I did know that.
2: Very good. And if you want to say hello to someone in Chinese of a higher authority, you say nin hao.
0: Uh, oh, good to know. So there you go.
2: So, so uh, I don't know where you see me in that hierarchy. Minghao, Can I, I just see say you. Or <laughs> uh, Minghao,
1: I see you at that level there, Leonie. Now, Leonie, talk to us a little bit about. Uh, I want to talk about your book very shortly, but tell sure. us a little bit about you because one of the great things that I love about experts that not only have gone through the d- disciplines of educating themselves in this particular space, I love it when people immerse themselves in it, and mm-hmm. Leonie. You have certainly immersed yourself in all things China.
2: I have done that. And it was really by accident. Um, I was traveling around the world many, many years ago with my friend with a backpack on, and we, um, we traveled for about 18 months. Part of that was living on a kibbutz in Israel, and some of that was in India and Turkey and Europe, and we ran out of money. And unfortunately, it does happen after 18 months. It was like, (laughs) oh, gee, we have to find a job. (laughs) And so off we went to Hong Kong, and unfortunately, we didn't really see that we looked like we had been traveling around India, and everybody was walking around in smart business suits. So no one was going to give us a job in Hong Kong. So we met someone in a youth hostel, said go to Taiwan and teach English and really we can do that? He said yeah go off to Taiwan. So I said to my friend we can either come back to Australia, go back to Australia or go to Taiwan. Let's go for broke. There's a bit of credit left on the credit card let's do it. (laughs) So off we went and I hardly knew they spoke Mandarin in Taiwan. I hardly knew anything about the culture. It was really just survival, really pure survival and in those days there was no internet, so no email, you know, no, no online things. And we were staying in a youth hostel where there was a notice board and English teachers wanted, and English teachers wanted. And unfortunately, what the guy didn't tell us was that they wanted American English teachers. So I learned how to change my accent. Why, so the, why did was, they
1: want American uh, English well, teachers? Well, America
2: is very, uh, I mean, Taiwan is very focused on America um, and It's really the, it was, you know, it is very connected with America. So that's really why. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the Taiwanese would go to American universities. However, you know, a few years later, I lived, I lived in Taiwan then for five years, um, teaching English as a second language. I edited a series of children's books and also had a small clothing business bringing clothing from Kathmandu into Taiwan. So, I was a bit of an entrepreneur there like the like the Chinese. I, 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 I absorbed the entrepreneurship on the Chinese streets. And life came to a bit of a brick wall because I had no university degree at that time. And I wanted to come back to Australia and go down the academic road. So my experience is upside down to most people's. Most people get the get the academic qualification and then they go off and, you know, learn go off and practice their Chinese and live in other places or whatever when you could do that. However, I did it the other way around. So
0: I like I that, Leonie. It. I like the upside-down approach.
2: <laughs> the upside-down approach is pretty good, Lana, because what happens with the upside-down approach is that you you are like a sponge because you've got no academic analysis in your head to analyse things. So you really don't judge anything. You're just like a sponge.
0: Love it. You and know, you, you
2: see things that.
0: Yeah. you've really soaked that all up into your into your books and your teachings I mean it's not just books you've done a lot of speaking Leonie, as well and then mm-hmm. obviously your media but the thing I love or one of the things I love about your books is that it's so um, easy to digest it's in a really kind of practical um you know it's it's not like war and peace it's very easy to pick up some of the tips and
1: Leonie, I'll, I'll jump in there because I just want to bring up on uh, the first on book three on uh mm-hmm. page got strategy 13. 13, the Strategies yeah. for Attack. The Strategies <laughs> yeah. for Attack. Lana, we are not talking about a military book here, but we are talking about something here because we've got to understand the, the, the psyche and the mindset of yeah. those that we deal with. And I think, you know, I, I'm going to dive deep into this a little later with you, Leonie, around not that this book is just for Chinese. I think this is actually for all negotiation. But here's Strategy 13, Beat the Grass to Startle the Snake
0: ooh mm-hmm.
1: which means to create a situation that will provoke a revealing response
0: interesting and
1: i was just interesting. Thinking, i was thinking about the other day cuz i was playing golf the other day Leonie, and i was told uh-huh. take take your uh, golf club in and smack that grass because it's snake season at the moment isn't it oh. <laughs> and i don't want to i don't want to see any snakes out there but i i i love i love the way that you've worded this because I think we need to understand how the Chinese think if we're going to be able to negotiate or do any business with them.
2: We do. And the books that you're reading, my my books there, are based on the art of war, which they're called the 36 Chinese strategies. And, you know, people say to me, Leonie, what is the core of understanding China? Is it relationships? Is it business cards? Is it where you sit? Is it hierarchy? Is it the language? What is it? It's the thirty-six Chinese strategies. <laughs> because you, when yeah. when you understand how these strategies operate, then you can understand China. Everything comes from that. Yes. So so you know your uh, the strategy beat the grass to saddle the snake. Um, you're in a meeting. Someone puts something down on the table. You're not. You're not actually. You're not used to it. You thought that everything was planned and then all of a sudden it's, it's you know, it's resulting in confusion. Um, beat the grass to startle the snake could be, uh, you know, we want to send a thousand students to Australia when when students were coming to Australia and when they could come to Australia and they will come again. Yep. Um, the reality is that you cannot do that because they've got to get their visas, they've got to get... it, and, and an Australian person might go, oh, no, we can't do that. And then they, 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 they start freaking out. It's better to just roll along with it, not worry about it. Say yes, because you know it's not true.
1: Yeah. Oh, look, it's... it's so you
2: play the game. And, that's, and that
1: is the core of it, isn't it, Leonie? It's to play the game. And I think sometimes in business, and particularly here in Australia and, and even some of the Western countries... They don't like too many games, or they struggle to understand the not just the rules of the game, but just the the little idiosyncrasies that go on. That is so particular to China, and and I think this is where your book, Lure of the Tiger, um, you know, the Bewilder the Dragon, the, all the, the connections and, and and books that you bring together, they help us understand it a little bit more that from their perspective, not necessarily ours.
2: Well, that's true, and the the books are. They're grouped in uh, groups of six strategies because there's 36 strategies and each group of six has a name. So the first group are the advantageous strategies. Then you've got the opportunistic strategies, the confusion strategies. So each one of my books has six strategies and they're small books. They're not like you said, like not like War and Peace.
1: Leonie, Um, I can read them. If I can read them, anyone
2: can read them, (laughs) believe me. Because business people don't have the time. to read read War and Peace. They want a book that's about 100 pages that answers their questions. Okay, this is what happens.
0: Leonie, I think broadly though, what you're doing is fantastic, you know, just obviously not just from a Chinese negotiation perspective, but just from a business knowledge perspective. And I think strategy and negotiation is something really, I think we should be teaching it in schools. Correct. And I think even as as a, you know, business professional, whether you're a business owner or whether you're an employee, it is something that is always going to be an incredibly valuable part of your arsenal. And I love that you're bringing something different to the table, Leonie, it's it's not something that we would necessarily be that familiar with in Australia, but it's something we need to be wrapping our heads around. Well,
2: Sun Tzu, who wrote The Art of War, has a reputation of being the best strategist in the world. And yes. And this text, The Art of War, is 2,500 years old. So it's still to this day, it's like saying, you know, it's like talking about Shakespeare and playwriting. This, this, this is the strategist of the world. So, mm. you know, let's learn off, this, these writings and these strategies. Um, in let's look at Australia, because we you know we're talking about Australia at the moment. We don't have a method for negotiation. Look, you can type in negotiation. There are books getting to yes, and some of those books. But however, we if you say negotiation, you know it's like oh okay, well I'll type it in the internet to steps through it or whatever. See, for a Chinese person, negotiation, the actual word means everything. It doesn't just mean that when you sit down in the boardroom and start talking about a price. It's actually when you're picked up at the airport, when you're going out for dinner, when you're talking to people, when you're handing your business card. The actual negotiating the price is a very small part of the whole negotiation. Negotiating is everything.
1: It's like one big performance. Is is it like one big performance?
2: Well... Okay. It's like, um, the word itself encompasses a lot more than it encompasses in Australia. It encompasses a small component of the business for us. For Chinese people, it encompasses a whole way of thinking. Yeah. yeah? It's like, it's like talking to a monk. Their, their, their world is about meditation and all this kind of thing, whereas we might do meditation once a week. Do you see what I mean? Their world is encompassed by that. It's the same with Chinese people with negotiation
0: yeah and I think only culturally, you just sort of touched on it then I think culturally our approach is so different here in Australia, but obviously the business interests we have in China are enormous, and you know despite there being a bit of friction obviously in the peak of the of the coronavirus pandemic and um, the investigations et cetera that were launched, they're still an incredibly important uh, trading partner and business partner for australia
2: they our, they're our most important trading partner and our our business with china our our communication with china probably for the last 10 years up until the last couple of years has gone along quite smoothly mm. it's had its little hiccups and we've gotten over those now we need to play the game
0: do you okay? think it'll get back it, on track leone
2: absolutely i have no doubt it will get back on track there's still a lot of business being done in China um, and so you know you've got You've got companies, for example, companies like um, new uh, information technology companies. they're companies that don't really worry about what's going on because it doesn't affect them. They're, they're IT companies. You know, they might be they might be doing some infrastructure in China, that kind of thing. So they're not food companies. It's it's it, China is attacking the companies. Things like barley and and you know, all of those types of things that can really spark off in the media. Um, so that's a very, that's a very, that's a very strategic way oh. of doing it, and there's a strategy behind that. And I think that if we were to understand China, we would understand how to play the game,
0: right. you know,
2: and it's about being able to play the game. I mean, I say it's like. You know, we're on the tennis court and we're playing with Roger Federer. We've got to learn how to pick up the racket. <laughs> yeah, how can, because, do we
1: have um, to play Roger? Can't we play someone a little less known, someone a little less good?
2: <laughs> well, this is like, this is, unfortunately, this is this is how it is. So, and you know, it's like these strategies. You know, you can go to China and, you know, Shanghai and Beijing and places like that are amazing international cities. You know, you look at Shanghai and it's got fashion that's, you know, three years ahead. Yeah. Um, infrastructure that's amazing, architecture that's incredible. However, the 36 strategies don't change. They are a fundamental way of thinking. I'll give you an example. Okay. In Australia, now you don't have to be religious with this question. All right, but if I said to you, Nick and Lana, have you heard of the Ten Commandments? You'd probably say yes. Yep. I'm yeah. not worried if you abide by them or whatever if you're religious. I try to, yes. I try to, Leonie.
1: <laughs> okay. Thou, shall okay, but, but, Thou shall not kill.
2: Thou shall not right. look and on. You, th- see, I, and see, Nick, you're even able to joke about it. You know yeah. this. You know it. You're, a, you're able to throw a joke in there, okay, because it's a fundamental part of our culture. Sure. All right? Right. If I said prior to to reading my books and getting to know me, have you heard of the 36 Chinese strategies? Mm. You no both way. would probably say, right, exactly. Now, let's turn that question around in China. Have you heard of the 36 strategies? Of course. And they'd probably joke like you, Nick. Yeah, you true. just did. Right? Yeah. Because they know it and it's fundamental. Have you heard of the Ten Commandments? Not really. You see where I'm coming from?
1: It's their it's their religion, isn't it? It's the it's what they've been brought up on. It's the very core, the essence of who they are.
2: That's right. It's fundamental, and it's not even like it's taught in schools. I mean, it's it's you know people say to me where did where do, where did Chinese people learn these? Well, you know, if you look at idioms, don't cry the salt milk. Where did you learn that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Somewhere, I have no idea where I learned it. What, no? it it's just in it's in my culture. Yeah, but. And it doesn't mean that someone's standing there crying and the milk is spilling. It has a code. It's like fool the emperor to cross the sea strategy one. It doesn't mean that the emperor is crossing the sea. It actually means it's got a code into it. You know, so once you understand the code, and that's why the next, and that's why most people who've read the article, in fact, I have been doing this now for about 20 years. I have presented to Thousands of people. I have given hundreds of workshops. I've done consulted hundreds of Australian people, all right? And not one person has said to me they understood or they know about the 36 Chinese strategies. They've read The Art of War, but they don't understand it.
1: Leonie, this is why we need you. That's right. This is why we need you. Now, listen, I want to – we did a, meet the media a couple of weeks back now. Um, we had 2GB, 3AW and The Project. I will say one thing, okay? I didn't do a lot of specialist introductions for the 275 people that went on that particular uh, Meet the Media, but I did one for you. And the reason I did one for you was because when the question was raised, it was around China and whether the Chinese subject and, and issues were of relevance there to media, particularly in a COVID pandemic time, all three media the project 3AW 2GB said yes yes indeed so i did send that out as a as a personal introduction to because i don't think there's anyone better at this point to be able to be talking about china and what's going on i don't think thank you i don't think we understand and to that point having you know cruised through your book myself and and others that either in the art of negotiation whether it be with china or not this is the kind of thing that you need. Can I just ask you a quick fire questions around China? And obviously, you've just discussed there a bit about round the trade. Where are and you say it's going to get better, but where are we going with all of this? Is are we, you know, setting ourselves up? Does does China have us in the crosshairs to uh, be upset with us? They're talking about us. That those little things they did with the barley, etc. That's that's one thing. Is it going to get worse before it gets better?
2: Well, I think that unless we begin to understand China, it will look like it's getting worse. Yeah. Yeah? It's like any relationship. If you have something happen in communication, it's often because you don't understand the other person. Now, this is what's happening. We are simply not understanding, and I'm not saying what anybody's doing is right, wrong, or otherwise. But we are not truly understanding how China thinks and operates.
1: But a lot, a lot of those people will say, though, Leonie, that you know, China should start to understand how we work and operate. Why do we have to bow down to what they're doing? I'm not
2: saying – we don't have to bow down to anything.
1: Correct. Right. China
2: doesn't have to bow – China is not asking us to be Chinese.
1: Yes, gotcha. We are
2: not asking China to be Australian. Yep. We are, I am simply saying understand the thinking. This is not about being Chinese at all. Yeah. This is not about it. This, this is, is so- about just simply understanding how someone thinks.
1: Really love this, Leone. Really do love this because this has got to be a change of mindset, not just for Australia, uh, China, etc. If we really want this to work and operate, certain we've got to we've got to make leeway here. We've got to we've got to make arrangements so that so both parties do fit. But if, like we do with everything, and this is partly why we do meet the media, is when you understand how the media cycle works, when you understand the operations, the little India, India idiosyncrasies, get that out, Nick. (laughs) I don't know what that is in Chinese, Leonie, but it would be a really strange (laughs) word. I wouldn't be able to get it out. But I I think we've got to understand all of, they've got to understand the playing field. And when you do know and understand that, you can negotiate best.
0: Oh, exactly. You have to understand the landscape. And I I think too, yeah, part of the, and yeah, there's, probably not a bad comparison to media and and china and chinese culture but you know if you want to play in in that area if you want to be in the environment you have to understand it but i think that fear there's a fear that kicks in because people don't understand um the chinese culture and i think leone they perhaps don't understand what their motivations are what their intentions are here in australia i think there'd be a lot of people that would think oh they just want to buy the entire country (laughs) but maybe if we went you know to further lengths to understand how we could work together to a mutually beneficial outcome, then, you know, things wouldn't be so uh, so tricky.
2: Well, I think, um, like anything, the more you understand, the more you can push. Yeah. Because when you don't understand something, you don't know where to go. You don't know whether you're going over the line or under the line. So, and it's like that with the media. You're absolutely right. When you understand the media more, you can push them. Yes. If you don't understand them, you are consumed by them. True. It's exactly the same. Yes. So you've got this line. If you can think, I I, I mean, you can't see me right now, but if I was to draw a line on a whiteboard, all right, and there's, there's your knowledge, and if your knowledge is near that line, then you can push. But if your knowledge isn't, you don't know It's like if you walk into a room with Chinese people, if you don't know the hierarchy, you don't know where to sit. So therefore you get insecure because you don't understand what's going on. It's a lot of fear. So when that kicks in, you don't understand where to push the boundaries because business is about pushing boundaries. Media is about pushing boundaries.
1: Ooh, I love that. That's
2: what I see it as.
1: I love that connection. I love that connection, Leonie. And you're right. We could. I could start an international incident if I walk into a room <laughs> not knowing with the right person to be sitting next to, or, or, or that doing wouldn't nothing.
0: surprise me. <laughs> but the more knowledge, but the
2: more knowledge you have on anything, it doesn't matter what it is, uh, you can push those boundaries. And if you don't have the knowledge. You're you're always in this position of just not knowing. And look, I've spoken to people who are doing very well in China, and you know they may not know this stuff. And then, but there's always there's always at some point when something comes unstuck and they don't understand it. So you know, my my thing is, you know, get get the knowledge, understand it, because. And it's like what people say, oh well, how will I know which strategy? How will I know? You know, because it becomes unconscious. It's like yes. driving a car. How do you know when to turn the keys on? How do you know when to change the gears or whatever? It's just it's unconscious. So these strategies become an unconscious action, just but like riding a bike, understand.
1: Leonie. Riding a exactly. bike, it just comes Something. naturally. Now let's Something. talk. Let's talk media. Let's talk media. You've media, yep. what have you done? Where what's been the media reaction to you uh, with your topics, with your conversations? Because I dare yeah. say. Look, pandemic, and a lot of it, there's a president over there. I'm not sure if he's going to be still president by the time this goes to where, but <laughs> he sort of blamed the Chinese for the COVID and uh, and the pandemic, but also to, you know, we have been completely consumed by that. What's been your media experience to date? How's it gone for you? And I, I, I want to preface this with a little commentary. I think your leadership and um, expertise is going to be very much needed over the next not twelve months, not twenty four. I'm going to go thirty six months, because it <laughs> does take time. This doesn't it? And I think we've got a fair bit coming at us.
2: Yes. Um, so, what your question is about um, how the media have have um, have you know taken my my ideas and what they want is is your question about what the media have wanted to talk about? Yes. Okay. Okay. What the media have wanted to talk about is what's happening daily in China. So it could be that um, it could be the situation with um, uh, with Daniel Andrews, not with what's happening with COVID, but with the with the Belt and Road situation when he signed the deal mm. um, with China. That's been very controversial. Um, and why? And what is Belt and Road? What's happened? Why? Why are people angry about it? You know that kind of thing. Mm. Um, it could be the, um, uh, uh, the the wine situation about the anti dumping and yeah. the the, the tariff. So it's generally it could be uh, something that is a regular um, a regular celebration. However, at the moment it's more about what's going on on a daily basis. So. Mm. Um, you know and the, the celebrations could be Chinese New Year or something like that and there's another one coming up um it's not actually a celebration but it's on the 11th of November um the biggest online uh sale in the world um, oh, yeah. through yeah through um through you know Chinese internet and, and Alibaba and all that kind of thing it's massive so and that's a great opportunity for Australian companies to get in and to get in and put their, their product up there. So, it's mostly what's happening on a daily basis. I think that the media like to hook on to something that's negative, and that's fine. Yep. Um, you know, oh my God, you know, somebody's been detained in China. What does that mean? You know, it's very much that. That's okay. Um, so it's it's much more about uh, it's much more about what. People are generally thinking about China. Um, it's very much a public view.
1: Do you feel like you have to defend China? Is it, is it something that you feel or is it, do you feel like you're no. informing?
2: I don't defend China. I don't defend Australia. Oh, okay. okay? Yep. I'm not on anybody's side. Um, and I simply am a bridge to understand Chinese culture. Um, and from living and working and, you know, speaking Mandarin, because I studied Mandarin for five years in Taiwan, understanding the 36 strategies, writing books, that kind of thing, you know, there's things that I learnt from Chinese culture that that I love and there's things that I don't love. It's the same with Australian culture. So for me, um, no, I'm not at all into defending China, but I certainly I certainly will, you know, talk about how uh, the thinking and the negotiation and the differences, the differences in how people think.
0: Well, I think that's um, the measure of a great expert, Leone. You know, you're not necessarily strongly. You can see both sides of the debate, but you're providing. Mm-hmm. You know, when those things do pop up in the news, like you know, you mentioned the wine, um, the wine example, and obviously the the barley. Um, you can provide a lens. You can provide a different perspective um, to perhaps what the common common view is, or what the common understanding might be. And I think that's adding a really valuable narrative into the media landscape.
2: Well, the method I use too, Lana, and you may have seen that I've used it several times through this um, interview, is that I take people through what they already know to help them understand it. So, for example, when Nick talked about, um, you know, the, the, the Ten Commandments, and he joked, I said, "Yes, you can even joke about that." Then he thought, <laughs> "Oh, yeah, I can." You see what I mean? Yeah. I took you through. I took you through your understanding of the the Western idiom. And once you understood that, then you got that. Ah, okay, that's right because that's how a strategy would work. So, I take I, I, I locate.
1: You're using the thirty six strategies on us right now, aren't you, Leonie? No, <laughs>
2: I'm actually. I'm actually using my my anthropological understanding because I studied anthropology at university, ah. and um, and it's about. And it's also about, you know, looking at advertising and that kind of thing, you know, because my, I'm very interested in popular culture. So, you know, how do people bring in a new product? You take it through what people already know. Oh, I love that. And so that's what I, that's how I, that's how I help people understand, um, the thinking. Because if I just said, oh yeah, the strategies is like, yeah, or, you know, I didn't give you a point of reference, then it becomes something that is really difficult for you to understand because you've got no point of reference.
0: That's yeah. so That's so applicable for media too, Leonie, you know. You've got mm. to give people that point of reference because otherwise it's not relatable. They can't kind of digest the point you're trying to make because it, it doesn't mean anything to them.
1: Correct. And particularly yeah. in something that is not necessarily as confusing but also just so unknown. Yeah. We need to have a point of reference but we can change the way we behave or think about a certain thing when we can compare and that's what we're doing. Leone. we're running out of time. Hey, yeah. um. Oh, we could talk for hours, <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't want to talk in Mandarin because I don't want to upset you, or my my that's great right. Mandarin uh, linguistics. But look, um, if there was a piece of advice you could give to someone that's coming through the system, what would you what would you say to them when coming to work with media through your experience?
2: What I would say is, working with media, you need to you need to be onto it. So, you know, you can't just expect you know, someone to send you something and go, Oh yeah, you've got to listen to the radio in the morning, you've got to look at what's going on, you've got to listen to the podcast, you've got to you've got to really, really, really see what's happening on that day because the next day it will be old. Yeah. You know, like what's happening today will be gone tomorrow. So it's it's like you have to be right onto it. Right onto it all the time. And you've got to throw yourself into it.
1: Leonie, the last twenty nine minutes have been pure gold, but that was just oh platinum. yeah, that, that was, was plat- perfect. That was platinum. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Train you've got to dive into it because um, and learn it, and when you when you look at it, learn it. Listen to what people are saying, and and you know if you if you're hearing something on the radio and you don't catch it, you know there's always a podcast. You know, Radio National have always got in the morning, early in the morning breakfast. They've always got their great interviews there. Pure. You know, and there's always something on, so. You know, you can you can look at it, and, and you, what happens is when you start working with the media, your eyes and ears start to look at things more deeply. And for me, it's been it's been good because it's much more of a daily thing. It's not just oh, the only knows about the strategies. It's like okay, how do how can you use these strategies? Oh, this is what happened today. This, what happened, this is what This what's happening today. And it's actually helped me a lot because I've been forced into well, not forced. I mean if you want if you want to learn Oh, if you want your, you know, your maximum sort of whatever out of media, well, then you 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 look at things and you see things, you know, every day, and then you can compare them. Who's what? And you get to know the other experts and that kind of thing.
1: Absolute goal. Leoni loved it. Loved the chat. If we can, if, if people want to get in contact with Leoni McEwen, author and also two speaker, how can they do that?
2: Okay, now I just want just one thing, Nick. Only yeah. one one small thing.
1: Yeah,
2: um, it's McKeon.
1: Oh, geez, I've butchered another no name. No problem at all. Yeah, no
2: problem at all. Cause <laughs> yeah. Just because people might see it's E O, it's actually M C K E O N. Yeah, you
1: know.
2: Yeah, that's all. That's all. No problem. I just thought I'd tell you that because people might be looking for another name. I do it that on purpose. I do true. it on purpose,
1: Leonie, so that you can correct me and establish. <laughs> that's right, and that's
2: what I thought. That was There's one of the strategies. You've been reading my book. Uh, I have been. <laughs> You're a great student. You're oh, a great student. Okay, how can people get in touch with me? It's LeoniMcKean So it's you know L e o n i e m c k e o n dot com. Go on to the go on to the website. There's I've got a great blog. Um, There's lots of stuff up there on the blog. Uh, My books are all up there. You can buy them online. Um, You'll see the clients that I work with. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff up there. My email address is there. My telephone number. Get in Good contact work. with me. Get in Love touch. To Get from in from touch Love with to
0: Leonie.
1: Leoni, great to have you on the Experts Podcast. Lana, another great <laughs> one.
0: Oh, well thanks done, so Nikane. Thanks, Leonie. Thanks, Leonie. And uh,
1: we look forward to having your company with another expert or another media next week. That was all things China. We look forward to see what's next week.
0: You have been listening to the Experts Podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.